0: Hello, and welcome to episode eight of the Buffalonian podcast. We just want to start out by saying how deeply sad we are by what happened here in our home city last weekend. We are sending prayers to all of the victims, family, and loved ones, and we hope you guys will join us for a moment of silence. Thank you. We encourage you to donate at the Support Us link in our bio on our Instagram page, and we will be donating the proceeds to the families in need during these trying times. We love all of you, and we will do whatever we can to help. We're Buffalo Strong, and we pledge to stop hate and spread love. Thank you. The High Charity softball event was absolutely electric. Discussions about the most anticipated 2022 NFL matchups, then some touching on the NHL playoffs, and we give Mike the shot at the rundown. With some hot takes, trivia, and more, this is the Buffalonian Podcast. All right, let's go. We are back with the newest edition of the Buffalonian Podcast. I'm Joe Kelly, and as always alongside me, Dom Loss, Mike Marino. Let's talk about that Micah Hyde softball game. It was, it was absolutely electric for a charity event. Bill's Mafia really turned out. They showed a lot of support, you know, and everything that happened this past weekend, it was a really triumphant moment for the the city, I believe.
1: It really unified the community together. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Michael Hyde was wondering if he should even have the event, and I think... You know, with everything that went on, it was the perfect event for the community to to unify and grow together as one.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, it's just a great showcase because you think about all those players, they come from different backgrounds, they come from all over, and, you know, they all have their differences, but they're able to come together and be a team and have these bonds that are going to be everlasting, and it's just something that's like an example for us as fans and us just as people should, uh, should, uh take advantage of
0: absolutely like one specific thing for me you know one of the buffalo singing cops sang the national anthem and broke down after everything that happened this past weekend and the team rallied around him and made him feel welcomed and loved and it it was just a great unifying moment as dom would say you know the the strong theme of unification here it's going strong but But buffalo strong yeah buffalo strong City
2: city of good neighbors
0: and brotherly love
2: just i just want to say a little bit about the game you know Back to like how just you see the players, all the camaraderie they have. That I think that's a great thing to see going into a season that right. has so much hype surrounding it. Like you know, you see the showman rounding, rounding without, the a, bases shirt with the, the without a shirt on, just basically without a shirt, unbuttoned uh, jersey on, rounding <laughs> the bases, and then you see you know just all these guys having such a good time. Even the new pickups we've had, a exactly. couple exactly. Like there, they and just, they were like, I can't like wait to been been be there. a Buffalo Bill. It's like, you like know they've I mean? always been there. Yeah. You know the only thing you know. Case Keenum, we got to get a number on the back of that jersey. I know. Yeah, was that was a little disappointing. You know, I mean, he's got to get that number on there, but honest, it was just a great spectacle.
0: I was I was watching the Home Run Derby. We're just I'm going to start off with that. We're gonna, we're going to roll into that. Josh Allen back-to-back champion. Um placeholder trophy for the Lombardi. Absolutely electric. I loved every minute of it. Honestly, didn't think he was gonna beat Poyer in that in that last little bit there. Hey, shout out nervous. to uh, Matt Barkley, I'll yeah, runner dog. up. Barkley, yeah.
1: Jordan Poyer did not did not do well in the final. I think he only no. hit, I believe he only hit two home runs exactly, so. and and Barkley hit three and then ninth, and of course hit four to win. Yeah, um, the walk off, flip the bat, I'm the king again. You know that kind of deal.
0: I just one thing about Barkley, I would love to see how excited he was to be back in Buffalo though. Like you know what I mean?
1: Like it's just that kind of. That attitude you want. Definitely a high character guy. You can see why, you know, everyone loves him. And even though now, this time around he's probably a practice squad player, he wanted to come back. and yeah. yeah. Having those guys around, I think, matters in your building. I mean, Josh hit one of those home runs nearly to the 364 sign. Yeah. Like, an absolute <laughs> new Yeah. It The only, only unfortunate thing about the home run derby is they started off with Nick McLeod and Greg Mann, so I'm, I don't want to disrespect you because they could probably hit the softball for the can. But
2: Greg, Greg Mann's had a nice home run in the game. Yeah, yeah. In the actual game. But, yeah. I mean,
1: them combining for 10 outs and no home runs was a little, <laughs> little, little bit of a tough start, I'm yeah. not going to lie. It, Even Josh popped up a couple times. Was the like, first oh, couple. I was yeah. like, oh no, or is this going to be a choke?
0: Yeah, but, you know, he, as as he does, he, he comes through in the end,
1: you know, he's always there. I mean... It was a beautiful weather day, too, with, all you know, just... Yeah, got well, a nice
0: a... start to the summer sunburn, you know? Well,
1: I have I had to say this, and this is, like, just Buffalonian one-on-one lesson. Never trust the weather report because it's just so inconsistent. It was supposed to rain. Everyone expected this to possibly rain out, and it was just absolutely gorgeous weather throughout the day. Yeah,
0: yeah, no. The weather here is so unpredictable. It could be snowing in July. You know yeah. what I mean? Like It's ridiculous, but...
2: you got to give the perks to the defense for winning the game. I know!
0: Yeah, and I, I, I'd, I'd White bet, makes an appearance. I
1: bet the offense to win. I would have. Well, well, we were on the side of the offense, so we were rooting for them heavily. <laughs> See, I was
0: on the defensive side, so I mean, I was. So you're the winner today. yeah. I was the winner, yeah. I was the winner. Today. You're the good luck charm.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was just
0: seeing all of a sudden Greg Mann's wax the homer, the natural theme comes on in the back, and a beer is tossed to him at first base, and he just slugs it down as fast as he can. Same with Josh Allen. He did that one time. It. You know, McDermott's just watching on the side. Like, please, no one pull a hammy running the bases. You know what I mean? Like, let's not let's not tear anything. It's just it was it was an absolutely. It it got me so hyped for the season. Like, it's not even funny.
1: Like, it was, I, I just want it to start. It was fun to see the players without helmets or pads on. I think yeah. I think that's nothing because like. You don't see what these players you know look like, how they act around each other, that well when they're playing football because you know they have all these pads on. You don't even In the helmet. You don't really, if you don't really see, see their, their face. Yeah, if you don't see their number, they have a visor on. You can't. You can't tell. Yeah, if, if, if you don't see their number or the the name, it's hard to like. It's kind of hard for the natural fan or like from where you're sitting to tell people apart. And who's having a conversation It was actually a very fun time to, you know, see that and see all of them get along. The trash talk I thought was was hilarious. The yeah. Jordan Phillips playing first base, and then after the offense, one two. One two three, <laughs> did like the three up three down sign. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was it was absolutely electric. As you know, you charged.
0: Poyer char, charged the pitcher in the home run derby.
1: He charged Case Keenum. It was not a fan. I just think a lot of. I was surprised honestly of how many of the big names showed up, I and mean, obviously a couple were missing, but. A lot. Right. It was a really good turnout, like, from a player's perspective. And, you know, of course, Coach McDermott, that was a strike for the first pitch. Right, right. yeah, <laughs> it, except
0: it was from, like, 10 feet away. Like, hey, it wasn't hey. anything specific. It was a strike. He was in front of the... It could have been a ball. He could have spiked it. He didn't. Okay, all right. We'll give it to him. We'll give it to you, Coach McDermott. I. I it was a absolutely... It was a great experience. One thing I do want to touch on, though, while people were waiting for autographs after the game, there was a young boy who got his Josh Allen football stolen from him. And this guy who took it from the, the child... You just wherever you are, just just think to yourself how much of a scumbag you really are. Like like I really I have no respect for whoever this is. The little guy, he was seven. He was right next to me. Like it, it was actually like very sad. We helped him look for it. We thought he just dropped it. Wasn't there. This guy ran away with it. I guess he wasn't part of that unification, as Don would say. You know what I mean? He wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't for it. He just wanted it all for himself. A Jack Eichel, if you will, wants it all for himself. Doesn't care about the team. Doesn't care about anyone else.
1: Yeah, that's definitely a tough moment to hear about, but. It was a like, actually a really entertaining game. I mean, it was eight two for the longest time, eight three for the longest time. I thought the offense was coming back in that well, rally. Well, they, th- you know, Mike High was talking a lot of smack about how they're gonna do only play five innings because they were gonna mercy rule them. And <laughs> the offense hit four straight bombs, including our boy, our new boy, Greg Manns. Yeah, uh, got to be one of the top players, uh, favorite players in the Western New York area now. After that one, mm-hmm. um, I just have to give credit to those offensive linemen and tackles, though, like.
0: They're out there. They're the bigger man. guys. They're athletic. They're moving faster on the yeah, base. Like Deion said, Dawkins hit a off of an error. He he got a tri- almost a triple. He got thrown yeah, you out the third. Yeah, see the
2: snowman running around out there. Even yeah. like Jordan Phillips is a big guy. Yeah,
0: and Josh all Allen's move. just
1: standing like I was
0: picking dandelions in the outfield in Little League. You see how you know athletic I mean? like, these guys really are.
1: Yeah, I, I think the only unfortunate thing was is that Josh in the game had two at bats, hit two absolute nukes, mm-hmm. and he wasn't able to bat in the last inning. Uh, it's J- a lot like that playoff game, the Jay- division. Oh, oh man, I didn't think of that. <laughs> well, like I mean, Jake Coomero. watched to fall apart. Jake Kumor. No, he gets you know the third at bat with two outs and he gets out. I mean he went, I think he went zero for three. I mean they could have had Josh there and he could have hit a bomb. But I think that was, that was the only upsetting. My one question to you, Joe. Mm-hmm. Who are you most surprised by, Tommy Sweeney hitting a bomb or AJ Farnesha hitting a bomb? Oh, see honestly,
0: AJ Farnesha because I feel like he's just a beta. You know what I mean? Like I don't really I don't get home run mentality off of him. You know I did get his signature after the game. He was pretty chill to to talk to for a minute. But I mean like. I was not expecting it. Tommy Sweeney's a big dude, though. Like I would kind of him and Dawson Knox. I would see Dawson Knox also almost drilled it if that net wasn't there. Case Keenum would have been knocked out, drilled it right into the net. But I mean, like Tommy Sweeney's a bigger dude, so I could see it. AJ Epinesa's is kind of on the
1: slimmer side of a, of a linebacker, I'd say. You know, mm-hmm. so I, I didn't really I didn't see a lot of power coming from him, but he did it. He did. He, I think that was like the hardest hit yep. home run for this line. It was a line drive. Like it. Barely yeah. Got, no, it, it had no arc to it. Yeah. It was straight out of there. Granted, the field is shrunk
0: by about. 65% from a baseball field. But I mean, like it's, do you think they were using limited fly softballs? I I don't know. I mean, I'm not a big softball guy. I don't well, I, I just know they make limited fly versions of those to make, you know, make it a little more interesting. I feel like there were a lot of pop flies hit. So I think that might've been in play. I'm not quite sure though. Like a conspiracy might have to let theory. Us, conspiracy theory. The offense. Hot uh, take. Was, it was rigged. It was a hot take. Hot take. We'll see.
1: I'll do some research. They, sw- they, you know. they had two different. Uh, the defense didn't have the mi- 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 limited fly balls. They had two different uh, buckets. You know, for, mm-hmm. one for the offense, one for the Just defense. Just remember
2: who was the uh, umpire for that game. Micah Hyde's dad.
1: Yeah, and he's out there calling out as soon as
0: Gabe Davis steps off the bench. Yeah, you know. which I know, I know. You know what I mean? I mean, I was rooting for the offense, even though I was on the defensive side. I felt bad, but <laughs> wearing, I was wearing an Allen jersey. You got to represent. Just, just one more thing before we, we move on to the next topic. Uh, I did have a short, brief conversation with Gabe Davis as he was signing my hat. Um, extremely electric moment. I was not expecting him to come over. But I did mention, vaguely mention to him, I said, Gabe, I want four every playoff game. And he said, ha, 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 bet. And then walked away. That's just my little so, tip. Dude, that's bit. a pretty solid conversation yeah, right there. That's, that's the most conversation I'll probably ever have with him. So that's my little meeting Gabe Davis story. And uh, we'll be right back with the Buffalonian podcast right after this. The Buffalonian Combine will be coming at you this summer, and a trailer will be coming at you within the next couple weeks. We are currently training our hardest right now to be in the best physical condition possible to bring you the best possible content, and we will not disappoint Feel free to support us at the link in our Instagram bio so we can continue to bring you the best possible content and do more special events like this in the future. Now, without further ado, let's get back to the show.
2: I hope you had the time of your life.
0: See you never, Jerry Hughes. Get out of here. Get out of Buffalo. Go back home. Like you want. Go win a Super Bowl with the Texans. I dare you. It's not going to happen. But thank you for a great uh, chunk of years. He, he was, you know, nine he, years as a missed. bill. Yeah, nine years as a bill. He was very loyal to us. Um, he's going to his hometown. So I, I wish him, I wish you the best. Had a
1: very successful tenure with the Bills. You know, Von being, Miller replaced you. It's fine. Being top five in Bills history in sacks is definitely an impressive achievement. He was also a penalty magnet back in the day. If you back remember in, back in, I mean, he survived the Doug Marone years, the Rex Ryan years, and then he, you know, he stuck around to the yeah. now hopefully the glory years. The Rex so. and Rob Ryan years; those
0: were something special. Let me tell you. Tyrod gets knocked out game one of the playoffs against the Jaguars. I was going to say the Texans, but darn, that was Josh Allen's first year. But yeah. Never mind.
2: Beside the point. We all know who uh, on the Texans knocked us out. Tywan Jones. Who's now on the Bills. Who was on the Bills before that year, was a year in Houston, and then came back to the Bills.
1: And we're all just okay with him playing with the Bills. But that's yeah. okay. That's all right. That's okay. Special teams ace. He mm-hmm. actually does fill a role. So, congrats to Jerry. He can now uh, meet his uh, friend Mario Addison in Houston, and they can have a nice 4-13 and 13 season together. So, congrats to them. Yep. Uh, I hope you like, uh, what's the
0: quarterback's name? Davis Mills. I feel like Davis Mills more than Josh Allen. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think he wins you a championship at all. You got to get new management down there. Get everything out. Swap everything out of there. Gone. Bye,
1: Jerry Hughes. Thank you. Well, Houston will probably be taking for quarterback, but again, a little little talk about Jerry Hughes. Sad to see him go, but as Joe did say, Von Miller replaced him, and Von Miller a so.
0: Von Miller's spectacular.
1: Yeah. And now to segue to more uh, pressing topics, the schedule obviously was released last week. We did a special edition, our second ever special edition. Uh, Very exciting, but, you know, looking back at the schedule, we learned some new stats that I think are incredibly interesting, which is, we talked about how the most games you can have is five primetime games. Apparently Thanksgiving does not count as a primetime game. I didn't know that, but, so it's definitely five primetime games without including the Thanksgiving game, so I think that was fascinating to learn. Yeah, no, it was interesting because if that's the case, if Thanksgiving's primetime, then Lions get one. Yeah, that's what, I, that's what I was confused about Follow the Instagram posting how the Lions didn't get a primetime game, but I was like, so I guess Thanksgiving just doesn't count, because we were confused when the schedule dropped, because you, you made the point that you can only have five games, and I was confused, because I was like... You were thinking Thanksgiving well, was, and that would be six. Yeah, yeah. I was confused, because I was like, well, there's five night games, plus Thanksgiving, but Thanksgiving does not count, nor does the uh, games that could possibly flex, those do not count as your, I guess, the beginning of the schedule. I guess they just want the Monday night, Thursday night, Sunday night, those are what they uh, call... Primetime, I guess. Yeah. And the other fact that I found probably the most interesting was the Bills throughout the season have a 13 day uh, rest advantage over their opponents throughout the season, which is the best in the NFL. So I saw that. I was very fascinated by that. that. That's very good. So, what to describe that, I guess, better would be the Bills have week one against uh, the Rams, and then they don't play till that following Monday um, against the Titans. The Titans, week one, play that Sunday. So, you know, those days. In between the the Bills game on Thursday to the Titans game on Sunday counts as an extra days of rest for the Bills when they play the Titans next week. So it's honestly just fascinating to look at, you know, how some people got good schedules and some people did not. Like the Patriots uh, have a negative ten day advantage, so they, their schedule is pretty brutal to be honest. So not only do the Bills get max primetime games, the Thanksgiving game, they also get a very good rest schedule. So it's all it's all in line for a very successful. Schedule and you know successful
0: year. Successful yeah, year. I'm very excited. I, I think we're we're really moving into a good season here. I'm excited. It's
2: what we need. We need it for Buffalo. We've been we've been uh, deprived of those those
0: four straight Super Bowls. Well, like people, you know, uh, they'll talk to me about the four straight Super Bowls, and I'm like, I wasn't even born yet. I was born in the drought. Like we we're drought babies. Yeah. The you know first I mean? the like,
1: first fourteen fifteen years of our lives, it didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, the
2: first playoff game I watched with the Bills was against the Jaguars, and it was ten to three.
0: Yeah, that was. LC- yeah, Tyrod Taylor gets knocked down in the end zone. It's quite spectacular. I chipped my tooth our our first Bite my nails. our
1: first Bills playoff touchdown didn't happen until the 2019 season and we were else like about 1716 so it's it's, it's that's insane that's insane to think about yeah. but they didn't even score a touchdown in that game but going to our main focus on the Bills topic we're talking about our most anticipated games of the 2022 NFL season we were talking on the special edition pod about some of the games for the Bills overall and we wanted to do a more broader talk about the NFL and especially looking at Sports Illustrated's list which I think is just brutal mm-hmm. if you just look up would you call it dog water? I would call it dog water because the only Bills game that they have on there is lo- is Bills at Lions, and it's the ninth best game, and it's the Thanksgiving game, and I just think there's way. I don't even know if that's the ninth best Bills game to be completely honest with you. Yeah. So it's honestly just like if you just look through it. I mean, Broncos CF is number one, which is really a is that a good game? It's more of a narrative game, and I'm not. I've never been a fan of like super Doesn't, narrative games. Yeah. I,
0: I feel like the narratives if if both teams. Are no offense, like I mentioned last week, dog. Shit. I don't think it makes that much of a difference. I mean, I look at this, and I'm I, I looked at Pro Football Network, and they have the Bills in the first two weeks. Bills, Rams, Bills, Titans. Like those are their their hyped up games for the season, which I agree with. The Bills have lost against the Titans uh, for the past three seasons. If, am I right? two seasons? Two, two seasons. 2020-2021, That's right. And then um. You know, like, the Bills at Rams, they're playing the Super Bowl champs. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's a huge statement game for... Not, I know, like, we wanted to broaden it, but that
1: that's a week one highlight. That's the season opener. You know what I mean? Like, that's an anticipated game. Yeah, so talking about articles, opinions, let's, let's give our own opinions on our most anticipated game. So, I'll, I guess I'll start with my list. Uh, the, f- the fifth most anticipated game I did was Bills-Rams. And the reason why I, I guess I would have it lower than most people is because it's a week one game. And I don't think... You know, you the team that you are on Week One is a lot different from the team you are in Week Eighteen. We saw that last. And we last saw season. we saw that last. We saw, even saw that from like the, the from, Chiefs from the the first Patriots game to what they were in that Chiefs loss. Like the the Yuck. Bills improved so much. So I don't know how much you know you could weigh on that. So I think that drops it down a little bit for me. But I mean, it's a tremendous game, obviously first game of the year, five Miller returns, and Super Bowl champs. I mean, it's time for the, it's and also it's the game, good game even if you're not a fan of either team. I mean, two star-studded quarterbacks. Aaron Donald, probably the best maybe overall player is in the game as well. So. Yeah,
0: defensive players for sure. I would agree with that. I wouldn't agree with Matt Stafford being a star-studded quarterback, though. I'm going to be honest with you. I think I think he's fraudulent. But um, other than that, I mean, I do agree
1: that that game is definitely on my list of top five. 100%. Mine at number four. This is a very underrated game. Not a lot of people are talking about this game, but... Uh, week fifteen, the Cincinnati Bengals go to visit Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I that's on my list too. I, I I'm looking at other games right now just to kind of fill in, but like.
0: I want to see Joe Burrow play Tom Brady. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like that'll be a good dynamic.
2: You know, isn't that who they, they're comparing him to now? So who mm-hmm. I compared him to. Joe, uh, yeah. Joe Burrow is the next Tom Brady. Pocket quarterback.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just don't think a lot of people are talking about the game, and obviously with the comparables of the two quarterbacks, how people think they're similar, and especially how PFF graded them as the top two quarterbacks from last year. So it's actually a very tremendous matchup, I think, and it's two really good teams coming at it as well. So that's cool. And then my third one is Green Bay at Tampa Bay, which... I think, like, the selling point is pretty clear there. Rodgers right. versus Brady. Yeah. Rema- two of the
0: best quarterbacks of
1: uh, this um, past. Two of the best quarterbacks of all time going at it. I
0: would say, yeah, all time. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, the only thing that hinders that of all time for me is necessarily Super Bowl trips. They're just not there. He choked last year to the uh, San Francisco 49ers with Jimmy Garoppolo at the helm. And
1: the year before, too, Tom Brady yeah. and the Bucks. So. yeah. It's definitely, that's definitely just a fantastic, it's a rematch from two years ago. It just, I think that's a great matchup. And then my number two, uh, is the LA Rams at Chiefs, uh, week 12. I just, the last two times, the last time these guys played each other, uh, was the Monday, one Night Football duel, uh, where they set records. Was that the one in Mexico? Right? Was that in Mexico? Uh, I think it, it was I like say 54 it was in to Mexico. 51 it or something? It was something like that. Absolutely. Shootout. Listen, uh, I will say this right now: Josh Allen has never been out outdueled by Jared Goff in a in a game. So had that on your resume, Patrick nice, Mahomes. Yeah. But yeah, that, I mean, it's a tremendous matchup. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes may be the best quarterback in the league. Obviously, we don't mostly don't agree with that. But maybe the best quarterback in the league versus Aaron Donald, who we, I've already said probably the best overall player in the league. So, and they're both you know they're going to be facing off against each other. That's a tremendous matchup. And my, my number one is Chiefs at Bills, I, week seven, CBS. CBS primetime, quote-unquote. quote, unquote. It's the quote unquote, game going on. quote-unquote yeah. primetime game. Rematch from last year. It's a tremendous opportunity for the Bills because they go into the bye in Week 8. So it's Chiefs, they go into the bye, and then they play that Sunday night game against Green Bay. So it's a really good test for them right in the middle of the season to see where they are. And I, I think the Bills will be out for the I, I mean, they were hyped up for the last regular season matchup, and they dominated. Um, hopefully they could do some of the same. But that, those are my five more anticipated games. I it's not. There's some narrative to it, but I don't... Not like that's Seattle not the main, and Denver. That's yeah. not the main thing you're that's, looking for. Where the that, teams the, aren't the strong. The thing I look for in my anticipated games is how good are the overall teams, the quarterback play, and is this a possible Super Bowl or NFC title, AFC title matchup? But I think all five of mine are. Obviously, teams repeat. I have the Bills there twice, the Rams there twice, the Chiefs twice, uh, and uh, Tampa Bay twice. And then, obviously, I have Green Bay and... Uh, Cincinnati also on the list so my teams repeat a little bit I think it would be interesting if someone like maybe cut it down to one team per only I could only talk about one game for each team that would be kind of interesting but yeah for this I won I I just think those are my more anticipated games I'm gonna be honest with you my list is very very similar to yours I had
0: Bill's Chiefs at number one um just simply because of that playoff game last season I think it you know that duel that's the Brady uh Brady Manning duo Mahomes and Allen like that that game is forever etched in history, and it's just going to be played over and over again. And of course, we're playing an Arrowhead again, so that's the one thing I'm like mad about. But um, I would just like to see how far the Bills really have come, and I want to see the Chiefs without Tyreek Hill. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know if their um, their offense is as three dimensional as it as it was. As I think, explosive. Yeah, I, I don't think it's as explosive. I, I think you lose that speed a little bit, and you're jeopardizing the. The operation Hawthorne. yeah exactly but um yeah Brady Rogers uh that's that's up there at number three for me um just you know the goats two of the greatest of all time Brady in my opinion should have had MVP last season I think it's I think mm-hmm. this is going to show you know what I mean like but um as much as you know the Buffalonians hate Tom Brady for all the hurt he put on us for all those years all those years m- multiple decades I do respect that he probably he he is the greatest quarterback to touch the turf so far, statistically and Super Bowl ring wise. Um, I I mean I had Denver and Seattle or Denver and Seattle on there, but for the narrative, as you mm-hmm. will, you know what I mean. Like I I had it as five like bottom tier, you know what I mean. But will definitely be an interesting watch. Like if that's on, I'm going to put that on. You know what I mean? I want to see Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos ball out a little bit. Um, and Pete Carroll, oh well, you're rooting for Denver in that game. I'm a Russell Wilson guy. I'm going to be honest with you. I know. I know his videos of him recovering can be a little, you know, out there sometimes, you know, of all the injuries. And when his finger snapped, the tendon's gone. Um, But I I, I think it's that, like you say, and like we've all said, it's a narrative game. But I think it's an interesting one because he did have so many ties to Seattle and he did beat Denver 43 to eight in the Super Bowl way back when Peyton Manning was still playing. So it's just interesting that that's the team he went to. But I just want to see how that more importantly, that AFC West, Goes yeah like I like that could go anyway you know what I mean but, yeah
1: I try to avoid like divisional games yeah because like I don't know that just becomes weird because I think all the I think most of the time divisional games are pretty interesting so
0: right like Bills Bills Patriots Bills Dolphins like like those games can be interesting but mm-hmm. the Dolphins I think are you know fraudulent I I two turn the ball over you know how I feel about him um not a matchup I'm necessarily looking forward to but other than that I mean we're pretty similar with the list we had I I, I really have nothing more to add. Yeah, no. But
2: uh so five on my list, it is a divisional matchup. It's between the Chargers and the Raiders. Just because we saw last year the implications that game had. You win and you're in. Or if they tie they're both in. They're both in. Yeah, division rivals, they want to take a tie. Yeah. No, they were not playing for a tie.
0: They would have like, played the Chargers would have played here, I think. It would've been a great game. Mm-hmm.
2: But I just think that game I know, yeah, we said like you're not a fan of throwing in the divisional game, but I think that game just has like some extra flair to it, just because of how it ended well, last the, season. Well, right, the, it's a narrative game, the, yeah, if you will. narrative, yeah, a narrative.
1: If you say like how the the Chiefs ended the Bill season, the Raiders ended the Charger season. Yeah, so. yeah, in the fourth down, King, uh, Justin Herbert deserved... Like, why couldn't you know what I mean?
0: Like, it's the same thing as Josh Allen. Yeah, he should have. He did touch the ball again though, didn't he? He did. Yeah. Yeah. So Justin Herbert just choked. Never mind. <laughs> um, but you know, it's it'll be interesting.
2: Yeah, uh, I go to four. And it's Bills-Rams, open up the season, you know, Rams defending Super Bowl champs, Bills Super Bowl favorites, great way to kick off the season. Uh, I mean, as a Bills fan, it's like the most anticipated game in a long time for us, to start a season at least. Uh, Number three, I have a rematch of the AFC Championship game in the Chiefs and Bengals. I think that game, I don't know if the Bengals are going to
0: be necessarily
2: as hot as they were last year.
0: Right. They were kind of on a playoff run at that point. Yeah. Like they were deep like,
2: I think they're, they're going to have a little bit more fierce competition this year with the Browns and the Ravens. Not so much Steelers. With Deshaun. Yeah. like When, when he plays... <laughs> and a healthy Lamar. Yeah, yeah. When they play, they're, okay. they're going to be better competition. Um, number two for me is the, the defending uh, NFC Championship game. Or Amazon Bucks. Another different... Yeah, like, I just... Oh, that
1: came
0: down to the wire, though, too.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's That's why, you know?
0: It's just... Mike likes the narrative, everyone. He likes the narrative. He likes the rematch. He's 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 the narrative guy. He's pro-narrative. He's He's pro-narrative. The (laughs) storyline is
2: what sells the game and is what gets people to watch the game. You're absolutely right. The non-football fans, that's what gets them to watch the game, the
0: narrative. That's why the networks always play him up so bad. Exactly.
2: So, I just think, you know, again, a duel between Stafford and Brady, you know, maybe not the most notable duel here... But it was pretty entertaining to watch last year, and I think it'll be yeah. very entertaining this year because they're probably the top two teams in the NFC. Maybe you throw in the Packers, but NFC is just not as wide open as the AFC.
1: Definitely not as many teams at the top that you yeah. could conceivably see winning right, the, 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 like the, the Cowboys. Yeah. Like, what, what are we doing with the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah, are, are, are they d- really d- dumb boys? No, they're no. not
0: America's team. I don't want to hear that anymore. Well, didn't, didn't I think I mentioned this before, but like their mayor wants to add a second team in Dallas. I don't think you have mentioned that. Has he? No. Am, am I just blanking? I I maybe maybe off, I air. It. off air. I don't right know.
2: Enough. But either way, I know their mayor wanted, said he could support two NFL teams.
0: Oh, the, the America Squadron? Is that what they would call I them? The guess, duo? Yeah.
2: Probably the Dallas Americans. Oh,
0: my God.
2: And then, number one, it's a no-brainer. Bill's Chiefs. It was the best game last season. All of us, yeah. It's going to be the best game this season.
1: Yeah, no I, bias involved, by the way. Just, no. Yeah. Not at all. I you mean,
2: watch that playoff game, it got I, a rule no, change. I don't,
1: I don't think there's any bias involved because I think, I think most people have that game. That's going
0: to go down in history as one of the best, not just playoffs games, one of the best football games exactly. played of all yeah. time.
1: and I think I don't think it's biased for us to put that as one because I think a lot of non Chiefs and non Bills fans, just natural NFL fans, will have that as circled as a must watch. Um, I, I, I just don't think it's incredibly biased to have them that game at one. I also think it's interesting. You know, we talked about certain games we never brought up the fact that Brady and Mahomes play each other. Right, but, but at I, the same time... I'm not a fan of I, I, I was thinking about that. I I'm just not really a fan of that game. I mean, I don't really love that narrative. I don't think it's very no. I'm just not into that narrative. Brady
0: smacked Mahomes in the in the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah. And do I but really want to see him? and then and then that's when we saw the
0: Chiefs completely revamp that offensive line. Yeah. Because you know, Mahomes yeah. was running for his life. Yeah, exactly. Looks like Joe Burrow, that offensive line. Looked like the Bengals offensive line this past season.
1: Yeah, and I've, I honestly, I one,
0: one I want to add, number six, Bengals. Yeah? I'm intrigued. Another Bills game. I'm, well, another Bills game, yeah, but I mean, like. It's all right. I mean, at this point, like, a lot of the Bills games are the ones that are hyped for the season because they are such an explosive offense and a uh, stone-cold defense. Like, you're not going to get that with many other
1: teams. Well, I think the Bills have a very good schedule of a lot of games. The Chiefs' schedule is insane. If you look at like the the first like nine weeks, the teams have to play not even just in the AFC West. They have to play the like the Rams, Packers, Bills, Bengals. They have an insane schedule. The AFC North is going to be insane this year. The AFC has a bunch of very yeah. entertaining games. It's the NFC that I think for the most part is kind of lacking in in quality of ga- NFC versus NFC game. It's it's well, lacking the, in that quality. Those teams
0: aren't good matchups with each other. They never like they haven't been in the past decade. I would say, you well, know, like Green Bay and. Um, but people are trying. To, people well.
1: are trying to hype up Green Bay and Dallas, and I mean, I'm just not sold on. I'm Dallas. sorry. No, Mike, Mike, yes, Mike,
0: reason it's because Mike McCarthy. Yeah, that's, that's the only why. why. why Mike, Mike McCarthy's, McCarthy's a returned. bum.
1: I, don't, I personally, I don't like
0: Mike McCarthy. But well, he's whatever. just
2: he's just a placeholder until Sean Payton goes to Dallas. You know. Yeah, he's gonna come out of retirement next year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm saying it right now. Sean Payton. No, I'll probably will be the coach tell of the people Cowboys to go bully
1: his players to go bully more people and take him out of the game.
2: Greg Williams, former Bills head coach, Gate.
1: I I just think if you're just a casual NFL fan, you're going to see that the AFC versus AFC games and the AFC versus NFC games will be a lot more interesting than just flat-out NFC versus NFC. Because I think the AFC is more loaded. You have more teams that you could conceivably look at, look at their rosters, and believe this team has a chance to make the Super Bowl. The NFC, there's probably only three teams, the Packers, Rams, and Bucks. Those are the only three teams that I think... Maybe if you want to say the Niners could again be kind of like that fringy frisky team but right but is
0: Garoppolo I don't know what's going on with him is he even playing
1: for them or is uh they're still looking to trade him but they've been saying that for like two years yeah. they've been
0: they've been pushing uh Trey Lance is going to be the starter this year yeah Garoppolo is the backup anyway it'll be very interesting to see how the 2022 NFL season rolls out I mean there are plenty of good matchups as we've stated but uh we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with more right after this the Buffalonian combine will be coming at you this summer and a trailer will be coming at you within the next couple weeks. We are currently training our hardest right now to be in the best physical condition possible to bring you the best possible content. And we will not disappoint Feel free to support us at the link in our Instagram bio so we can continue to bring you the best possible content and do more special events like this in the future.
1: Now, back to the show. We are back At the Buffalonian Podcast. This segment will be talking round one NHL playoffs, the results, what we think about them. And also, we'll be continuing grading the Sabres 2022 season uh, players. This time, we'll take a spin to the defensemen. Uh, We'll start with uh, Raz Stalin, Henry Haryu, and Matias Samuelson. So they're up on the docket next. But let's first talk about the NHL playoffs. Uh, A very exciting first round. Uh, Viewership went up 60% from last year. Obviously, jump from NBC to TNT and ESPN. Mike, wh- how does this impact the game of hockey?
2: I think it's great for the game of hockey because you think about it, and it's just all this exposure on two networks now, ESPN uh, with all the ESPN Plus uh, games that they've had, uh, even their show, you know, The Point, it's a nationally broadcast game, so, you know, people, it gives them an interest and reason to watch, you know. I mean, I've watched the show, and it seems like every time I watch it, John Bucci is scarfing down in chicken parm. So, (laughs) I mean... Hey, don't diss chicken parm. I'm not dissing chicken parm. It's like probably my favorite dish here. But I'm just saying, overall for the game, I think it's really good. It's helping the game grow. And especially with COVID, you know, it seemed like the NHL was kind of taking a loss. And hence why the salary cap didn't move. And, you know, most of their revenue comes from the in-game presence of the fans. And now with these massive TV deals between two networks instead of just one, that really just boosts revenue and... Wide, more widespread um, for fans to watch now.
1: Well, it also re- it reaches a greater audience, allows more fan, new fans to now enter uh, to be more involved with the NHL, and obviously revenue will go up, and hopefully that's a good thing for you know as a Sabres fan, the salary cap will go up, and we'll have even more cap space than we have now. So, it's it's fantastic to see that the sport of hockey is growing. And what 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 were your guys's favorite moment, favorite moment of the first round of the playoffs?
2: Uh, well, this might be a little biased. But when our our Panarin scored that overtime winner against Pittsburgh in game seven.
1: Yeah, a little amp, man. A little that amp. That was
2: that was I was hype, you know. It was like what? 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, and I'm like screaming at the top of my lungs. And it's just I was so hyped because I think what you said
0: Rangers were frauds. They
1: are fraudulent.
2: Well, they're in the second round playing uh Carolina and um I think they're gonna be pretty competitive.
0: I was gonna say I love that the Penguins are not in the second round. I, I just I that's what I hate hate the dynasty of all the old players, you know what I mean? Like Sidney Crosby. I remember hearing that when I was in fifth grade. Like, shut up. Like, I don't want to hear any more about it. You need young teams.
2: Uh, I could just give another shout-out to um, the Toronto Maple Leafs for yet again
0: blowing a series yeah, in yeah. game Yeah, Tampa Bay Lightning's, buddy.
1: Yeah, there you go. That's definitely my top moment of the Leafs, who probably have their most talented roster. Of $40 million in yeah. four players. They have their most talented roster. They actually have a goalie that they could ride with who actually played pretty well, and they lose 2-1 to one on home ice in Game 7. It's just, honestly, it's just hysterical to me. They blew the 3-2 ga- games lead. That's- yeah, and
0: they're saying that the Sabres, I wanted them to lose the Maple Leafs because they kept saying that the Sabres were, you know, we oh, we should have swept that team, like, talking down on us. Like, no, get out of here.
1: Losers. Well, they still haven't won a playoff series since 2004, and... You know, viewers of the Buffalo, do you know that the last time the Sabres, in a trivia question, the last time they won a playoff series was 2007, so the Sabres, who haven't made the playoffs in over a decade, still have a... Still so outdo the sh- Maple yeah. Leafs.
0: And the Maple Leafs have a longer Stanley Cup drought than us.
1: That, yep, that's yeah. saying something. So you
0: can't, you can't diss the Sabres when Toronto Maple Leafs are absolutely fraudulent and they, they're they just going nowhere fast. Like, it's like the New York Jets. That's what, that's what I would say.
1: And I do have to give a quick shout out to Jake Ottinger, the... uh. <laughs> Dallas Stars goaltender. My dad has now become a huge fan of the Otter. Absolutely just an electric series for him. Tough that he took the L. He played amazing, though. 60 saves in Game 7, they lost. There's
2: multiple games like that where he's facing 50-plus shots.
1: For the analytics, he saved 13 goals more than expected. So, look at it this way. An average goalie would give up, say, 20 goals. Jake Ondre would only give up 7. So, that's just an insane number to think of. That would be, like, one of the higher-rated goalies if it was just an 82-game season. This was a 7-game series. So, it's an insane... Insane series for him, and it's, it's very unfortunate that he ended up going home, but the Stars are a very bad team, so it's not, that, it's not that shocking that they lost, but it was just a great effort on his end. So, before we talk about grading Sabres players, just quickly, what team are we looking for in the second round? I mean, obviously Colorado, they won yesterday. I think they're looking like a complete juggernaut, and they might just run through this entire thing. Tampa seems to maybe even have Florida's number. They won in Florida yesterday. Obviously today, Rangers, Canes, and the Battle of Alberta. I think the Rangers make a run. I hope they do. But behind Sisterkin? Yep. Uh,
2: I'm going to say the most entertaining series is going to be played right now in the Battle of Alberta. We've just seen recent history. Those games are absolutely electric, absolutely insane. I think it's going to continue, especially now that it's playoffs on a trip to the Western Conference final.
1: Yeah. On the line. Well,
2: playoffs
0: know. put everything to a whole new perspective, too. Exactly. So you just got it's a whole different game, ball, game time.
1: Yeah. A L- lot of great series. I-, I just think the best team, though, is probably playing like. I think they might sweep the Blues, so it's, that's kind of unfortunate. But the Avs, I think, are the best team. If they can finally get past that second round and not lose in a Game 7 like they have the last couple of years. So, very exciting. So, we talked now NHL playoffs at large. Hopefully next year when we talk about Round 1, we're talking, Sa- you know, hopefully a Sabres successful stops that 2007 streak and they won a Playoff Series. But Sabres you can season. just make it. Like, please make it. Like, do something. You know what I mean? Like, even
0: if it it's be competitive at the end of the season where you're fighting for a wild card. Right, yeah. Something. I mean, something. Something's better than nothing at this point. And they're actually to the point now where it's disappointing to see the season end. Like, oh. before I could give two shits.
1: Yeah, but now, obviously, they got the fans to start buying in now, so now it's obviously up to them to keep developing their players well add to the roster and hopefully hopefully they can make a run but let's talk about three players that were on the roster last season in Rasmus Stallin, Henry Hari, and T Let's just let's just grade how we thought about them. So Mike, let's start let's start with you with Rasmus Stallin. Oh, I'm giving him an A. I know he had a little bit of a rough start to the season,
2: but the way he finished, he finished out so strong and he was proving to be not only a good defenseman, but that good offensive defenseman that everyone expected him to be.
0: Right. And I absolutely agree with you and look at him and Owen Power as a duo. In the near future, like that's going to be spectacular, you know. Like, I- I'm very excited for that.
1: Yeah, I would give, I guess I would be a little bit harsher, Gregor Deline, because I would give him about an A minus B plus tier. Because, yes, he's fantastic in transition, he's a very good power play quarterback. And yeah, he was, he set career high in goals of 13. He was his first 40 assist season, was the yeah, first
0: 53 point season.
1: Yeah, first, bad. first, first Saber since, you know, the 96, 95, 96 season to. Reached a 50-point plateau, which is pretty insane to think about. All uh, the you know pretty decent Sabres defensemen that have ha- played for you know the blue and gold in that aspect. But the reason why it's a knock for me is because he was really bad the first half of the year, and there's no really other way to explain it. And I think like some of the blame has to be that he was partnered with Haru who really struggled. But you got to own up with Dalian too. He struggles a little bit on his own, end sometimes he's got to clean that up. And at one point, at a stretch in the first half of the year on the power play, he had a 47 expected goals for. Now just think. A forty-seven expected goals for is probably below average, and that was with a five-on-four advantage. So he was really struggling, um, and it, you know credit to him, he turned around. But now I think we we have to ex- we have to want to expect for him to become more consistent. We like that guy that we saw in that Canucks game that he was the best player on the ice. I want that for an eighty-two game season. He needs to be more consistent and have a full eighty-two game season. Not. A couple of good months like he has been having the last couple of years, he needs to have a full eighty-two game season, right? So you can really see what he's made of, and mm-hmm. you know when the the uh, all the pieces of the puzzle are clicking together. Yeah, because right now I would say he's a top four defenseman. I wouldn't say he's a top pair defenseman right now. But, but like I, I think it's fair to say degrade him, you know, harsher because he is one of the faces of the franchise, and you want him to be successful. If he can make that jump to being consistent all eighty-two games, it's really going to help the Sabers. You know, not get those lulls that they have been in the first half, where they're down and out already by the turn of the year. They're already out of the playoffs, so I, I, that's why I give him a little bit of a lower grade than you two. No, that's understandable.
2: I yeah. I can see why. I mean, yeah, I can see where you're coming from. I, again, I guess you know he's still growing as a as a hockey player. He's twenty-one years old, going to be twenty-two. You win this
1: age thing, man.
2: It, like, you win this I don't know age why thing. you expect someone at like twenty years old, twenty-one years old, to be like. Perfect Because he's played,
1: like, over 150 games in the NHL. Like, at oh. some point, you are who you are. Yeah, but he's not even in it's his the same, it's prime a, yet. It's the, same, it's the same argument everyone had of Rasmus DeWine. So, that's why I am, I guess, I don't buy that claim anymore. Oh, he's young. Oh, this is his fourth coach in four years. It's like, huh, maybe there's a reason why he's had four coaches in four years. I mean, he did have 68 penalty minutes. He's an absolute
0: demon, you know what I mean? But, I mean... Yeah. As opposed to you know not defensive, but Alex Tuck only had six.
1: Uh, another thing Dalene needs to work on too is that he does take way too many penalties. That definitely drags his value and impacts down a little bit. But let's talk about maybe a player that we're all not going the grade too highly on, Henry Okuharu. Um, F. Joe, you know what? I I semi agree with you, Joe. I'm gonna. Give, I wouldn't go as far as F. I'd say a D. I you know I agree. Yeah. I gave him <laughs> a D. The only thing that saved him this year from being an F is that at the end of the year he seemed to play a little bit better. Yeah. But he was still the worst. Sabres worst on the team. He was still the worst Sabres defenseman on the team in the back half, and you could maybe argue that his numbers were actually just inflated because Owen Power is amazing and he was carrying him. So. Yeah, a college
0: student right out of Michigan comes in and saves your career. Yeah, okay.
1: Uh, actually, you know what? Just because of that, he's riding the, riding the rail of Owen Power a little bit. Your F, back F, F. F, F. D, F, D, F. Yeah. Well, I, I just think it's it was a tough year for him. It's really changed how I view him as a player in this organization is he just a bottom pair right shot defenseman guy now. I think we have to look at that. And it's concerning the fact that a lot of the players improved when the coaching switched from Kruger to Granado, and his numbers have actually been the opposite and have gone worse. So I think that's a really bad sign for me. Mike, what do you agree with? No,
2: in? yeah, I agree Like with your guys' D. Maybe like... I'm F. Don't, don't roll me in with that. Maybe fringe mm-hmm. like, C min- like low C-. Oh, he's
1: going up. No. This isn't I good. don't know. He's I mean, trying to, he's he's trying to
2: uh, up the average. Like, I, I mean, F is like, I think, just a little
0: harsh...
1: He was the because worst player I know, on the team. I,
2: know, I Okay, worst player on the team.
0: He was arguably the worst Strut. player on the team. He needed a college student right from Michigan to save his career.
2: But that's the thing. That's why I give him the C- minus because if he can get that chemistry going with power next year, then maybe he improves his game.
1: Yeah, but he was still the worst team. He was the worst defenseman by a, a pretty big How many games
2: did he have of power? Eight games?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a semi-decent that's, that's, sample. That's, that's a, a pretty small sample a, Yeah, but it's not a two-game sample size. It's like, eight games. Eight
2: games out of 82? It's still eight games. That's not a very good sample size of eighty-two games. Okay, how about this? Eighty-three
0: shots on
1: goal and three goals. How about this? How about this? In eighty-two games this year, he was the worst player on the team. So that's a no. Pretty I, big, I think that's a no, big, sample okay, size. I, no, I understand that, but I'm saying the
2: only reason why I'm giving him that C minus is because of own own power. Like I think Owen power does boost him, and if they can form a good chemistry going into next year, that. I think next or, year's your sample,
1: or or you replace him with an actual good defenseman with Owen Power, and then that becomes boosted more positively. So Owen Power does not have to break his back carrying Henry Hario across but, the ice. That, but that's what I'm saying. I don't think eight games is enough of a sample. I think I think 213 career games is enough of a sample to be to prove that Yoki Hario is nothing but a bomb pair guy right now. I mean, he listen, he can still take a jump. As Mike says, he's a, he's young. He's only 22, but the man's played 213 games. I think he can make. An opinion on someone after a 213 game sample that he might not, he might just be a bottom pair defenseman guy. And listen, that provides value. He's a right shot defenseman that, that automatically is more valuable than a left shot defenseman. So he has value. I just think, you know, when we got him in that Chicago trade, I think people thought he was going to be a top four, maybe even a, a fringe top pair guy. And, you know, I think you have to lower your expectations now of him to maybe the the bottom pair.
2: Which well, look what happened with Alex Nylander.
1: He's listen, that trade, Pittsburgh now, yeah, that, tra- that trade's going to be a win anyways because Nylander is a bum. So, to, you know... Yeah, fraudulent. Yeah, he was... He was to quote Joe, he was fraudulent. Like, he was bad. <laughs> it was a bad pick. Everyone knew it was a bad pick at the time. So, anything you got from him at that time was a win. The, the, you know, a lot of negativity. Let's go to a more... Let's go to the third player, maybe more positive string. Um, Matias Samuelson. Bo- you know, Mike, it's your boy. No, you, you start off the green. I am a big uh, Matthias
2: Samuelson fan. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him a B... You give him a B. You gave him lower than Dalene. Yeah, I, I give him a I B am.
0: minus. I'm right around the same. Whoa! I think
2: he, I think he's showing that he could be a nice left shot defenseman on the right side. Like I know usually the narrative is left shots left shot, Big side. Big narrative guy over here. Yeah. Right, right shots right side. In his vocabulary side. now too. Yeah. Oh my he, god! He showed with Dalene that <laughs> they pushed him. They actually they actually gelled well, and he played what thirty four games. Yeah, he played forty two games this year. Forty two. Okay, I was yeah, like, he averaged
0: nineteen minutes on the ice. About twenty minutes on the ice. Eight threw me off.
2: No, so I think just overall, he had a pretty good year. First, like, true year in the NHL. Um, Next year will be interesting to see if he can keep that going with Darlene. Or maybe he'll move around the lineup. Maybe go back
0: to the left side. Who knows? Like, I mean, he did have I, ten assists. I I, mean, I'm looking forward.
1: To, I'm looking forward to what Samuelson can do for this team. I think for Samuelson, it's actually my complete opposite way of thinking. Ricky are you? He just completely changed my perspective on him in a complete positive way. I mean, obviously, I was super negative about him. It was one of my colder takes. Yeah, when he was in his um, first ever
2: professional training camp.
1: Oh, he's garbage. Listen, I, I admit I was wrong. He's now a guy that I look at as a t- possible, t- probably a top four defenseman, could probably play in the top pair of Darlene. Uh, very strong defensively. I think he has room to grow to even become better offensively. He's only played 54 games in the NHL. Which is, is not enough to stamp size? No, I think, it's a, I think it's a sample size to see that he's been very good in the 54 games, and he's going to probably continue to grow and probably continue to be... Uh, underst- you understand what you can get away with and what you can't. I think he's going to continue to learn that. He's going to mold himself into a more complete defensive He's very good defensively now. I think he's going to mold himself to be a better offensive player, especially if down they're going to get big minutes um, so I think that's exciting, and I, honestly, I think it's tough for him too because I think he was gonna get a spot out of training camp, and then he gets that injury, so he has to start with Rochester, and then he gets injured, banged up at the end of this year, where now he's not even hasn't been able to suit up for Rochester during their playoff run, so he only was able to play, you know. He was able to play some games with Rochester during the season to warm himself up, but him only playing forty-two games with the Sabres is unfortunate because I think he was playing very well in training camp. I think he had a chance to maybe play the entire season in Buffalo instead of playing in Rochester because he got hurt. So durability might be an issue in the in the future, but I, I think he's a tremendous asset and he really has changed how I view him I and mean, he's made, you know, Ryan Johnson, the guy, the prospect, the defensive prospect for the Sabres who went back to college. I think he's made him expendable for a trade to possibly improve this roster. So very great year.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, that's going to do it for our Sabres topic for the day. Uh, we're going to be right back after this with some Mike's rundown. We'll catch you in a minute. Here at the Buffalonian podcast, we are looking for sponsorships to take our podcast to the next level. If you or anyone else is interested, Please DM us either on Instagram, Twitter, or now Facebook, and click the link in our bio for more business inquiries. Thank you, and enjoy the rest of the show. Alright, welcome back to the Buffaloing
2: Podcast, and this week, I'm taking over the rundown. So, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. We'll start with some Bandits talk. So, Game 1 against Toronto Rock, they got the win, 18-17, thrilling game. They did have a two-goal lead at halftime, but entering that final quarter, it was tied up at twelve. Bandits end up going on a 5-0 run to seal the game. We saw Josh Burns with the number one star of the game, scoring four goals and seven assists, whopping 11 points in the game for the Bandits. Matt Vins gets the win. Amazing, 41 save performance. Really kept the Bandits rolling there. We got a game two this upcoming Saturday up in Toronto. If they win, they go to the finals. They lose, we got a game three back in Buffalo. Should be very electric atmosphere. We'll switch over to the other team in Buffalo playing right now, the Bisons. So, right now, they're in a series with the Syracuse Mets. And we all know Syracuse Mets, obviously the affiliate for the New York Mets. Last week, the Bisons did get a series win over Lehigh Valley 4-2. to And right now, overall, the Bisons sitting at 21-16, and which is only three games back of the division lead. Their opponent this week, the Mets, are 13-23. and And they're actually the worst team in our division. Actually tied for the worst team. Sorry, Scranton. We see Gabriel Moreno had a four-hit game in the last outing when they won 9-3. And we saw Casey Lawrence have a strong pitching performance, getting seven seven innings in the game. Allowing just one run and four hits. So, pretty solid performance for this prospect. Uh, We look forward to the rest of the series this week. I know their game... On Wednesday got, unfortunately, rained out. So they will be doing a doubleheader on Thursday against the Mets. And then finally, we're going to do our Amherst update. So they were playing Utica, and they unfortunately lost the game 4-2. to They were down 4 nil heading into the third period. But two-goal rally, maybe you thought they could come back. It wasn't meant to be. They're heading to a game five in Utica. Should be very interesting to see. Because we saw in game two, J.J. Paterka was the hero, scoring that hat-trick to seal it in overtime, and then we saw R2 align in in Game 3 also score in overtime to get that Amex lead. Um, The one thing I think we all notice, where's where's Jack Quinn been? Jack Quinn has kind of been invisible this playoffs. I mean, he was the AHL Rookie of the Year, showed to be maybe a really good player for the Sabres next year, and he only has two assists in six games. I mean, that's not terrible, but, you know, the way he, he played this year, like... Shouldn't we expect him to be a little bit more offensive? Uh I mean, a guy that played most of the season with Sabres Krebs, he's been doing really good dishing him out. Uh eight assists. I mean, you gotta consider him maybe as the the best player on the team so far in this playoffs. We'll see what the Amherst can do if they can close it out in Utica or if their season might be over. We gotta hope that they win and move on. So that'll that'll do it for our rundown this week. We'll move on to some trivia and wrap up the show.
0: Here at the Buffalonian Podcast, we are looking for sponsorships to take our podcast to the next level. If you or anyone else is interested, please DM us either on Instagram, Twitter, or now Facebook, and click the link in our bio for more business inquiries. Thank you and enjoy the rest of the show. Alright, we're coming at
2: you to wrap up the show today, the same way we wrap up every episode. Trivia. So we've seen recently well not recently, throughout an entire history. It seems like Dom has just dominated trivia. Joe, are you gonna pull your weight yeah, this, what, this what, time? Yeah. What do
1: you What do you have to say about that fact? I mean, I don't. I don't really have
0: an answer for that. I'm just. It's it's, it's tough going quick next to the analytics king like this you, guy. You, you have
1: been improving though. You have been getting a couple right here. There. I get
0: them, but like two seconds after you already say them. Like I I know. Like it comes to my head. It's just not quick enough.
1: Yeah. Got to well, be faster. Got to be faster. Well, we'll see
0: how
2: we'll see how this goes this time. So uh, we'll start with their Sabres question. Uh, what year did the Sabres make their first Stanley Cup final appearance? They've made two appearances. There's a hint. They have two.
1: 1975. Did he get it right? Yeah, he did. Yeah, get okay, it right. yeah, I'm not even going to answer that.
2: You know what? It's okay because you know what? You knew you were wrong. There's wild. I just I didn't get the answer. All right. We'll go on to question two. So we all know the Bills. They had four straight Super Bowls, they had four straight losses. You know, that's. We don't want to think about
1: that. Well documented. Yeah.
2: Uh, there is, there is one 30 other
1: thirty for thirty about it.
2: There is one other NFL team that has four Super Bowl appearances and zero wins. What team is that?
1: Well, it's in the Izzo song, the Minnesota Vikings.
2: Yeah, it is the Minnesota Vikings. So it they they had all their success really like in the seventies. The
1: Purple like, People Eaters. Yeah,
2: like Fran Tarkenton all that. So you know, hopefully, hopefully the Bills can get a Super Bowl win before them. I think I think they're in a little bit better situation than Captain Kirk. I would hope so. So we we go on to our final question. Bandits question. Uh how many league championships do the bandits have? Four. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah? He, Total yeah. guess, but yeah. That was that was good. That was like instant. That is correct.
1: I was gonna say three.
2: Four. Ninety two, ninety 96, and over. The oh, flags eight. and key
1: bank, buddy. That's how yeah, I do you gotta, that You or gotta or you
2: take a gander up there every once in a while. You
1: know, everyone just take a minute. Just take a minute and just applaud Joe. That, that was,
2: was the <laughs> fastest answer I think in trivia history. <laughs>
0: So, <laughs> I try my kudos. best. Kudos. Congratulations, Congratulations
1: for that for that great accomplishment. Thanks,
0: guys. Thanks, guys. Hope to bring you more in the future. But that is going to do it for this episode of the Buffalonian Podcast. We thank you guys for listening, and we'll be coming at you at this time next week. And uh, how do you always finish these off?
1: Go Bills. Go Bills.